Hi, welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher, with me, the comedian Peter Brush, and his yoga teacher, Kayla McCormack, who you'll be hearing in a matter of mere seconds. This is a podcast where we meet up and chat for, well, you'd think it's half an hour, but it's half an hour in the edit because we cut out all of the bits where I go, uh, 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 and all the problematic stuff, obviously, loads of that. We recorded this one a couple of days after the Euro 2020 final, which was held in 2021, between England and Italy. And we do talk about football, but not specifically the match or any technical stuff, but about its impact as a national story and English identity and American identity and the idea of community. So I don't know if it's a bit of a step change to what we normally talk about, but I promise you we'll be back to yoga philosophy next week if that's what you are into. But it's only half an hour, so you may as well listen to it anyway. It's still got us on it and we're, we're great, aren't we? Surely, surely you think that. Uh, don't forget to tell your friends and family and everyone you know about the show if you like it via the internet or in real life. Um, I won't ask you again at the end. I do have to say it at some point. So, anyway, here comes the show. See you at the end if you make it. I hope you do. I'm rooting for you anyway. I feel like there's no wiggle room in society right now for those people. There is only anti-vaxxers and people who get the vaccine. It's like, well, there are people in between that, you know, <laughs> that don't do anything. Did you see my anti-vaccine <laughs> joke ages ago? Did I? These anti-vaccine conspiracies don't work on me. Because when I was young, I was exposed to a small, weak version of one. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Doesn't work on stage. Does it not? No, no, no. Ah! thought that would have worked you think that but if i had an audience of views <laughs> i don't know though when i've been uh like when i've been to larger comedy shows i don't i don't hesitate not to laugh if if i'm not finding it funny but like you said before sometimes you tell a joke and it's like no the reaction that i want wasn't me yeah <laughs> you're supposed to nod and approve or something yeah like that. <laughs> i wasn't looking for a laugh out loud that's what i want you to think I see what you were trying to do there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> you were trying to get rid of me quite quickly after class, I think, yesterday. So. Yesterday? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, no, was it? Uh, if you've got any questions and stuff, and then I was just like, oh, thanks. And you were like, okay, bye. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Quick, stop him now before he starts like saying anything. <laughs> I was probably just tired or something. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Did you have any questions? No, I didn't really. Did you watch? You watched the football, did you? Yeah. Yeah. The football. The football. Yeah. Yeah. Football's not really big in America, is it? I mean, maybe it's bigger than it no, used to be. No, not But someone told me that that's because Americans like high-scoring games. So you know, you watch basketball and it's like eighty all or something. It's like they're constantly going one end to the other and constantly scoring. And then yeah. I don't really know how the scoring systems in baseball, American football, work, but I imagine. I imagine it's not like football matches can be 1-0 a lot of the time. I imagine that that's not acceptable in America, is it? Ah, uh, that makes sense, actually. I can get on board with that. Yeah, that high score kind of idea. Yeah, it's more exciting, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing about football, why football is good for being low scoring, is the anticipation of having to wait nearly an hour and a half for the thing to happen. And... Anticipation or boring? Well, yes, there's a fine line. <laughs> it depends how good the game is. But the, the, that's why when someone does score, it's such a huge like yeah. release. And there you see all the oh, yeah, massive yeah. cheering. So, whereas if someone like 
scores a three pointer in basketball, they don't all go batshit crazy and like um, surround them, no. do they? Unless it's the winning shot at the very end. Yeah, of course. Whatever, yeah, yeah, but... yeah. That makes sense to me for Americans because they're very like. Yeah, we want something to be happening. And mm. especially nowadays, even with, with social media and, you know, fast food and everything, everything is instant now. You don't want to wait, you know, all this kind of stuff. But it cuts down um, on memorable moments. I mean, you know, if you've got a low-scoring football match like that, Paul Gascoigne against Scotland, everybody remembers it because it's just based on about three moments in that match and everyone remembers it. How yeah. often does that happen? I don't know. It maybe does happen in a basketball match, but how often do you get seminal moments like that that are ingrained... Because if there's yeah. because if there are so many baskets scored, you just remember that the game was good overall, and that that team won or whatever. But you don't necessarily think that an individual moment in the game was like the changing moment or whatever. Whereas you do that's not etched onto people's consciousnesses. I yeah. don't think so much. But yeah. I may be wrong because I don't watch basketball. And do you think the yoga community is a bit sneery about football? No, I don't think so. That might be what football fans think. I don't know. I just think the fans look crazy on the on the TV. You know, the ones that like go, and then afterwards they just like jump up and down and rip their clothes off and scream. And it's like, oh my god! <laughs> I'd rather people get excited about football than I don't know political Islam or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. So <laughs> you know, it's not. It's a safe. It's a safe thing to be. Sort uh, of. I mean, there's uh, yeah. there's all sorts of. I mean, apparently domestic violence goes up when England lose. Yeah, and that sort I've of seen thing. That. But. but I think in general, it's. it's yeah. I think occasionally, people are a little bit snobbish about football, and I don't think it's always fair because. Yeah. I feel like it's very. I think it's class driven sometimes. People like to have a go at footballers, to, like, oh, how dare people from mainly working class communities make loads of money and like, spend it yeah. on spend it on tattoos and. <laughs> I mean, there is a bit of snootiness about it. I suppose it, you just have to. If people think that they that they make too much money, then they should think that everybody who does sport, not just sport as well, entertainment, make then people make a lot of money being actors. Yeah, they make too much money. Yeah, too. they make too much money. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, the, yeah, pe- the people complaining about footballers making yeah. too much money are not complaining about Benedict Cumberbatch making too much money for playing and touring, are they? So I see what you mean. Yeah. I'm generalising, but it's basically the only way that working class people can come from nowhere and get, you know, millions, really. Because anyone can pick up a foot... You just need a football. Why, surely that's the same for any sport. No, it's not. You wouldn't say that's the same for running? (laughs) You don't even need a ball. Uh, Well, (laughs) yes, but... (laughs) Well, yeah, you don't need a ball, but... I don't know. There's got to be a reason for this. Do you think because maybe it's more acceptable socially to start doing football than it would be to start doing a different sport? Like, if you start doing a different sport, people will be like, oh, what are you doing that for? Go get a real job. Whereas if you're playing football, no one will be like, oh, go get a real job. They're like, hey, you're pretty good. Yeah, there you is know. a state. There's definitely a social status thing. It's a way that, mm. like, if you were kids in a council estate and you were good and you were the one mm. that was good at football, you'd be, that's the quickest way to make friends, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but I think athletics clubs probably need more money what 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 do you what's in an athletics club? Like how would you separate them out? Like do you think they have like tennis and stuff? This is sand pit. Sand pit? <laughs> oh, for the long jump. I'm just, oh right, right. I just imagine this little kid with a sandbox then like <laughs> I was good at the long jump. I was I was the uh, uh, you yeah, know yeah. but I was because when we did sports day, we had six forms or classes and we all went up against each other on sports day. 
and all of the mm. best athletes would pick like 100 meter race and whatever but I was like a, a quite a good middle ability athlete so I'd do like mm. the long jump because all the best ones were doing the sprinting and so I'd win the long jump right, right. I think I won it two years in a row and in the third year that's... everyone was like oh that's an easy pick in we'll, we'll take brush on <laughs> and then uh, I, I got complacent as well so that was a because I thought, oh, I'll just turn up and won't even do a practice jump and I'll be fine. But yeah. there's definitely an Aesop's fable in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> also, there is like, like you're saying, there's that culture thing around football that like anyone can do it. Whereas I feel like, I don't know, if you were just to say like tennis, for example, you have to have little white shorts, don't you? That <laughs> yeah. look like a skirt. And you can't play if you don't Yeah, you've got to put masking tape over it if you can't. <laughs> I don't know, just like, like, I can imagine that even just that would put people off well, tennis is quite a posh sport isn't it well i would say that now yeah, yeah you wouldn't have said that before you came over here then yeah i wouldn't have said that but that's that that's could have just been because i didn't have much to do with tennis you know because i also played uh oh, what's it called now on the beach with a ball volleyball volleyball yeah there you go <laughs> yeah volleyball that's quite fun is that in, is that an olympic sport now yeah it I is an know. olympic sport is yeah it? that's quite that's quite accessible assuming uh, you have a beach. Well, <laughs> yeah. either that or you don't, or you have knee pads, because high schools play it on their basketball courts, oh. but you do have to you have to land on your knees, which means you need knee pads on. So. I think the other thing about most of these sports against football is football is something that's also on twelve months a year, hmm. so you you don't lack for inspiration because you, yeah. you're watching your football team or whatever i was gonna say it's local every... isn't it as well so like you might be able to find tennis on all year round if you look at all the world yeah yeah you stages, will you will yeah but... but they're not local you might not know anyone that's in it it might be really in it it might not not it just doesn't feel the same as knowing that your local football team or is is constantly doing stuff and you can follow them also i think it um people say like oh it brings countries together but it, i'm not saying that it it doesn't create some division amongst countries obviously in terms of like fans or whatever on an individual level but i think it also kind of it's a way of competing without it being serious yeah you know not... <laughs> without it being like war <laughs> you know it's a way of like having a little bit of national pride or you know competing against other nations on quite a large stage if you will without it being serious or deadly <laughs> it's like having teenage so. boys full of testosterone instead of fighting <laughs> You say I'll go and play a game of rugby for a bit or something. It's that's mm, yeah. Mm. It's 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 a good way of tempering exactly. the your biological instincts towards whatever. Get your xenophobia mm. out in your football, not in uh... <laughs> <laughs> a national story that isn't a negative national story. It's quite a good thing to have every so often because mm. we don't really have many national stories. So that's why we go on about World War Two all the bloody time because. That is, because that is a unifying British story. I mean, there isn't really anything that that unifies the whole of Great Britain as a whole national story. Sort of the royal family, but basically, it's basically mm. World War Two. We don't really have one. No matter what your you know political preferences were, or whatever a sport can be the thing that everyone can sort of get behind for a couple of weeks or something like something national that connects. Because I think particularly. The English are really searching for a national identity, or that they don't really have one. Why is that? Well, because Why? well, I think there's a lot of different things going. I think there's the legacy of the empire sits very uncomfortably with a lot of people, and mm. so they feel like you can't be proud of 
being British without the spectre of the empire being in the background. And... Oh, sorry, I thought we were uh, we were talking about being English. Well, yes, but it's that. But like Scottish people are very proud of being Scottish. Welsh won't ha- hesitate to tell you they're Welsh. Same with the Irish. So it really is just English. It is just isn't English, it? yeah. But it, yeah. We, well, we're living this strange multi multinational nation, don't we? Because mm. we're the union of four different countries but england mm. is what 85 percent of the people live in england the yeah. westminster is the english government like mm. and so you can quite easily equate sort of british i mean i mean i don't speak i mean do you know scottish and welsh people i think i know fewer northern irish people but mm. i would wonder whether they would describe themselves as british very easily or whether they would just say that they were Scottish or Welsh, and then whether Englishness and Britishness is sort of like mingled into the same thing. I feel yes, yeah, that's exactly. I think it's like being British and English is the same, but being Scottish and British is not the same, even though they are. This is what I was thinking about with sport. Is obviously they still split the nations up when we play football. Yeah. So, so we still have you know Scotland played England during the Euros, and you know if England like get knocked out usually english people will support wales or scotland or northern yeah. ireland like second best or something <laughs> the other way around it wouldn't happen they'd be like ah <laughs> like the, mm. but every liberal harks back onto this because it happened before brexit but the olympics is is a british thing yeah, isn't it? because it's team, it's team gb, GB. It? so that's yeah. one of the few say so obviously you've got andy murray winning a gold medal and chris hoy and all the cycling guys and stuff and so it's only athletics and and mm. Olympic sports that we do sort of combine as one sort of collective nation. So we don't have the national identity cemented by sport in terms of a British thing. Mm. You know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that in ten years' time Scotland will be an independent country, and it's not. All, it's also because of Brexit and the way that that's affecting Northern Ireland and the border in the Irish Sea and stuff. It's not beyond the realms of possibility in 10 years time there is a border pole in the republic of ireland and northern ireland i think it needs to be in both to unify the irish you know who's to say that that doesn't inspire welsh nationalism as well Mm. i mean it's strange i was talking to someone scottish the other day about how they managed to paint scottish nationalism as a very progressive cool thing but people don't have the same conception of english nationalism they seem to no. see that as like a very boorish sort of like harking back to you know when there were no when there were it was only white and st george and blah blah, blah. it seems like a really yeah. like people say a sneery and a very like oh it's white van man sort of stuff and mm. and it's not it's not cool is it it's like it seems yeah. like a I've, I've always said to people that i think the arguments for brexit and the arguments for scottish independence are effectively the same to a large degree, mm. because it's it's about having more political con- having political control closer to home rather than having it having decisions mm. made abroad, either in Westminster mm. or in Brussels. I feel like it's the same thing. It's just packaged really differently because mm. it might just be sort of the immigration idea. They do say that the Scottish nationalists say, "Oh, we need immigrants, and we like to. so." There's you know, on the face of it, it looks different. It looks like a more inclusive nationalism. I'm sure there are a lot of knuckle-dragging sort of Scots nationalists that just hate the English and stuff like that, but that's not what the Scottish National Party are making themselves look like. And yeah. so so what I'm sort of half saying is that it's not cool to be English, 
at all, mm. but it is cool to be Scottish. But but the yeah. English football team, I think, are like a really good reflection of what it is to be English these days. And I almost feel like, I know, I feel that's a little bit more heartening and a positive image of modern England. And so can that not be the cool, like, be an English thing? I mean, you're probably you're probably not over here at the time, but do you you, you know about cool Britannia in the in the late nineties over here? No. There was like a window of about two years where it was quite cool to be British. I mean, like that's two years out of two thousand. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that was about nineteen ninety six, ninety seven. Britpop was big. Oasis and Blur were were big. Right, and like yeah. Noel Gallagher had the guitar with the Union Jack on it. And Tony Blair was just coming into government and it was, it was yeah. a bit laddie and probably awful to look back on some of it now. <laughs> Proper cringe. Hashtag cringe. That's what you say now. If you want something to be funnier, you say hashtag in front of it. No, just, just a little clue for you there. If you want to like, you go hashtag cringe or we were talking about it the other day because someone said, well, actually years ago they did the same thing, but they used to just say dot com after everything. Do you remember Oh, that? really? Yeah. So it would, it would have been cringe.com yeah. instead of like hashtag yeah. cringe. You know? I think, I think you're, yeah, I think I remember that a little bit. <laughs> so I don't know, this has turned into chats at your yoga teacher rather than <laughs> <laughs> with. But... I'm just trying to, to process like, like you said before, what it all boils down to is that it, it, it seems to be like you're saying it's cool to be Scottish but it's not cool to be English. But I, I really just, I still don't... We're the oppressors, that's the thing. That's that, yeah. in, in the narrative, yeah. we are the oppressors. It's like, not to get all... But it's also not very cool to be a middle-class straight white man either. So, yeah. So you have yeah. to own that. But I think that's why English people are happy to be British. And like in, in America and stuff, everybody loves British people and stuff. Like especially when I was younger, so it wasn't less international. But like... You know, there was always this big thing, and it, you know, you watch a movie when someone goes to to Britain, you know, goes to England, and it's like, Ooh, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Tea with the Queen. <laughs> yeah. But like you were saying, there's still that loss of just just English that's never there. You have just Scottish, even mm. to the, even to like 15 years ago in America, you would always have like Scottish nationality as a thing. Obviously, Irish because there's there is a, a separate country there for Ireland. <laughs> More Irish people but, in America than there are in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there's yeah. all of that as well. Yeah. Boston and stuff like that as well. There's a lot of Irish immigrants. But I do think like they never seem to have a strong English thing. And I think you're right. I think that I think the the main thing was that it was always England was the oppressors. England was the people who were doing the taking over and the attacking and the holding and the. If you go back really far, you get a lot of the with the Scottish, you know, like that law to try to breed them out and stuff like that. Yeah, like that was really harsh, really horrible kind yeah, of thing. Harsh. It's not not cricket, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was trying to write a bit of material once about how if you've ever, obviously neither of us eat meat, but you'll be aware of the full English breakfast, won't you? Yeah, yeah. And obviously a Scottish breakfast is like an English breakfast, except for they replace like one of the sausages with um, with a haggis. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking <laughs> if you if you owned a cafe in Berwick-upon-Tweed, like which is, which shared, which 
it became was in Eng- on the border, which became English, Scottish. It's changed, becoming English and Scottish so many times. It would be very oh, right. annoying if you owned the cafe there and it kept switching because it just meant that you just had to keep changing your menu slightly. Yeah, it's like, like haggis, oh, no haggis, haggis, no haggis. Get rid of the, you know. <laughs> but what I would kind of like is I would kind of just like it to be okay to be English not to be proud of it and be like like go around and sort of like dick wave and sort of be like oh (laughs) we're better than everybody because we're English but I sort of don't want it I kind of don't want it to be sort of like some self-hating sort of like uh, like because I don't know it's there's there's definitely a big um identity crisis Mm. I just thought it was interesting from the perspective of somebody that didn't grow up here and that comes from what Mm. is probably arguably a more patriotic society i think americans are much more okay with being i don't think american. there is anyone more patriotic than americans right sorry because world. you have to sing the the <laughs> star spangled banner in in school and stuff don't you and pledge allegiance yeah. to the flag and yep every morning well you were homeschooled so did you not have to do that oh no we still did it my mom still did it at least when we were young. I mean, I imagine there's still similar movements in America because it's, it, because obviously the slavery legacy is almost equated to the legacy of empire in a lot of modern progressive thought, isn't it? So there must be a, yeah. there's sort of a similar thing going on. But I still think America's still built on... It's not necessarily built just on slavery. There's another narrative where you say it's built on immigration and multiculturalism and mm. any, anyone can be from anywhere, but you can also be an American. And... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first kind of came over to England, like because America is so multinational, my little sister joked that she said she just remembered her dentist when we were kids being quite tan, but he was actually Indian. <laughs> But like, she just, but he was American, 100% American, but obviously he had Indian heritage or whatever. But like, as a child in America, it's very easy to never think about race like that. You only think about it in terms of like, that person looks different from this person, just like anything else, just like that person could have blonde hair and that person could have brown hair. You don't really make the connection that that means they're from, there could be from a different country. You just... You just think like, oh, yeah, they look different, whatever. Yeah. And then when I came over here, and it was it's a lot more common to have like a group of people who look a certain way to also carry that accent. Like that is really, that was really strange to me. Like when I, you know, when in America, you could have people that look like whatever, they still all sound American. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there isn't, there wasn't like this, this thing. I'm not saying you don't have immigrants, obviously everywhere is immigrants, but I mean like just to assume a voice based on a look was just not something I would I would have done then. Whereas now I might I'm no I'm not hopefully don't come across as being racist, but now that that I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if someone spoke and they had a strong accent. But you know what I mean? I just mean like that I found that quite different between It's sort of why I feel like it is quite a good thing to have a national story and stuff because I feel like, and I'm not Mm. American, so I'm only looking at it from across the pond in some Mm. sort of, uh, I'm not pretending that there aren't problems, but from like my fetishized idea of America, if anyone can go to America, whatever race, culture, like religion you're from, and you can be an American Mm. and that's part of going to America, that's the American's story, isn't it? Apart, mm-hmm. apart from that, that's the American story for you know since the 
Declaration of Independence. It's not the American story yeah. of like we killed all the natives to <laughs> and all that yeah. stuff. That's the other American story. But <laughs> that's the real American story. <laughs> I don't think we have that here, and I feel like mm. I mean I sound like a conservative saying this, and um, I'm not supposed to be. I'm 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 like a I'm like a cool liberal guy and everything. <laughs> well, maybe I'm not cool, but. I, <laughs> But I feel there is something to be said for I don't the, the institutions like church and stuff it actually did a lot of community good to some degree because it does mm. tie the whole. I'm not saying everyone that comes to England should start going. To, we should all start going to church again. But I'm saying mm. the the institution of the church served a purpose. To us, even if you weren't religious, it did. It had all of your. I mean, I know like Jewish people that are not religious, but they still go through the practice of going to yeah. synagogues and stuff like that because there's something about the community aspect of it that's quite oh, yeah, that, that is seems seems necessary to to human life. Or we grew up with yeah. the tribal men, mentalities and need to belong and things. So I feel like these mm. these national institutions such as you know the church that aren't there anymore. I mean I almost feel like can the English football team not be that? Can it? Can that be the thing that, <laughs> like, that's what ties us all together? Yeah. Because there isn't the sense of community in throughout the whole Western world seems so fragmented because mm. everyone's online now. So you yeah. almost feel like if you are of a certain political persuasion or you have a certain ideology or religion or mm. or whatever, then you're as likely to just connect with people that are of exactly the same demographic of you but they may be in venezuela or yeah and that's your community now is is an online one so what does having a national identity matter to you so much it's not something mm. but you have to live in that nation don't you so mm. like it's not necessarily helpful that everybody's completely frayed is mm. it so yeah i suppose i mean because there are like quite a few people who don't like this idea of, of having nationalities, you know, like, I want to say hippies, but you know what I mean, like that idea that... <laughs> Those that, sweaty, dirty <laughs> hippies. <yeah. laughs> I don't mean it like that. But I mean, like, you know, people just say like, oh, you know, let's just, let's just try and think of Earth as a whole rather than trying to put these man-made little constructions of countries into place and then separating us all out and then bickering and fighting over everything because we've decided that we're going to be separate. So, like... The problem is, is like if one country loses its pride and identity, but all the other ones keep theirs, then what you end up getting is just swallowed up by it. You just, you just, you just disappear. So I'm not saying that I don't necessarily hate this uh, utopia idea of just having a, I don't know, one world government or something like that even, but it's, it's just not very practical at the moment because you would all have to dissolve that national pride all at the same time it's like it's like unilateral or multilateral nuclear disarmament isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i mean that's why i mean people are quite sneery about the idea of nationalism at all so uh, mm. but i don't know i think it's quite a natural human thing to want to have a sense of belonging yeah, to where you are from and i don't stuff, know if yeah. that you can sneer at that idea but those people will be finding that in something else mm, they'll be finding yeah. that in in their you know other, in their hobbies or their religion or yeah, whatever 
Which is why yoga communities are so so big, like so popular. Like you, you don't, you you very rare. I mean, I'm not saying never, because obviously big corporations like to spend money, and Instagram likes to hide, you know, things the way they truly are. But like a lot of the time, if you go to a small, locally run yoga studio, and it has, you know, this woman who's ran, you know, who's been doing it since she was, you know, really young, and eventually was able to set up a studio, and, you know, it's been growing it all by herself kind of idea. Like, there's a sense of community there. Like, and most yoga studios want that, they grow that, they they like that. And it isn't a marketing ploy. <laughs> like, mm. they are actually trying to grow a community of people that are like-minded and enjoy each other's company and can also be friends and can trade. And, you know, that's really quite common in, in that sector. And like you're saying, it's something that we as humans, we probably need that a little bit. But that's not to say that you don't, that you need to be surrounded by people constantly in like a a commune settlement hippie kind of way. <laughs> but there's a problem if you only hang around with groups because it just yeah. makes you really closed-minded and it re- reaffirms all of your existing this confirmation biases and everything or just... Mm. That's why mm. you can't have a conversation with anybody on- online that has a slightly different opinion to you because mm. they've already been reinforced by all the people that they just hang out with. and Yeah, and so, yeah great that people have that sense of community but if you're living in a society where you have to go outside your door every so often it's quite good to have a few things that tie the whole you know local physical community together rather than just Mm. people that have the same interests as you Mm. and all we've got is the nhs the queen and the english football team (laughs) so do you like the queen (laughs) uh, you would you would say say that but she um (laughs) I think she's a scrounger off the state. She is, she is, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I think it's a bit sad that she doesn't have any power anymore, to be honest. We'll we find out how racist she actually was then, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think we have the worst national anthem in the world, by the way. Really? God Save the Queen is atrocious as a national anthem. When you hear all of those other ones during the Euros, like the French one's great, the Italian one's great. Yeah, but the French Revolution was horrendous for the people on the other side there's a one no wonder they've got a good <laughs> they left us with a great song so it's all worth it, it? it's that whole awesome wells uh, quote in the uh, third man about you know the renaissance being built on blood and stuff and mm. switzerland being at peace and only inventing the cuckoo clock which is factually inaccurate but you get the point <laughs> that's also in terms of english and britishness it's not even the english national anthem no. It's the British National Anthem. Do you have an English National Anthem? I think they used to sing Land of Hope and Glory at the Commonwealth Games and stuff. What do they sing if Scotland were... Would they still sing God Save the Queen? No, there's, there's a different song. Really? Yeah. The Welsh have got a different song as well. I never forget the names of them. I think huh. what, what, I think of the Scottish one, I think it's called Flower of Scotland. So why don't we have an English one then? I don't know. We should sing Jer- Jerusalem's probably the best you can do, I think. Because mm. Jerusalem is genuinely, I can't think there's, I don't think there's anything racist in Jerusalem, but it's actually mm. about, it is about building a better England and stuff, and it's yeah. quite stirring as well. I think that's what it should be. But God save the Queen's just like, every time it comes on, I'm embarrassed. You know, it's just, no, no, no. <laughs> it's awful. I know we've talked about football a lot already and stuff, but I just want to say one more thing. Yeah, I think. Watching all of the football fans on the television really puts me off even slightly associating with the idea of liking football. 
Yeah, I can see that. It's very... Um... What were they doing? Stood up on top of a bus with a firecracker in their butt or whatever. I don't know. It's... Yeah, well, I think a lot of people just... probably agree with... But even, even, even not with the weirdos that were doing weird <laughs> things, the crowds and then the mess and the disaster that they left behind in every major city was just horrendous. Like, mm. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with any of them. It, all you have is just trash as far as the eyes can see. Oh, the, the... Loads of work for all the people who have to clean it all up. Then the people that were just causing havoc that night. All right, fine. The, the, the queen it is then. <laughs> <laughs> so football oh, can be yeah. unifying, but it's just a shame that it's ruined by people that like football. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is what you're saying. Agreed. That, yeah. That's based, okay. That's to summarise it all up. Yep. All right. That is a that's shame it. because I think there's been a lot of positive aspects mm. to it, but you won't... Because I really enjoyed actually having a friend around and watching the game and I felt like it was actually quite fun to watch. But there is that little hesitance that like, ooh, are people going to... Are you going to be a football fan then? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, but I still think it's it's still... Yeah, there's like a there's a vocal minority that, mm. you know... And, and they're the ones you see, aren't they? It's like... yeah. Who are the people on social media making the biggest noise in any group? Mm. Other, it's the most annoying, like worst side of them. The one. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah, not just definitely. not just football. It's everywhere. I'm trying to stick up for football. <laughs> but, <laughs> You're doing a good job. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a like it's for want of a better unifying factor, but I'm just saying it's not a bad thing to have something that everybody could sort of buy into a little bit kind of like the olympics i suppose in that yeah. way like where you, you're trying to but yeah. with the olympics like we said it's team gb it's not separated out into this country yeah. there's also olympics is is also a bit more middle class in football as well mm. because yeah all the rowers and all the, the there's cy- so many different things and, you the, have to, and the equestrian yeah. and stuff it's not i don't think there's people in the pub like in a working class community cheering on the dressage yeah <laughs> I, I i really quite like to watch the synchronized swimmers i always think that looks hilarious i mean difficult don't get me wrong i'm not saying it's an easy sport but i always quite like to watch that because i think that's pretty funny <laughs> but i can't imagine laddie lads down at the pub watching synchronized swimmers and their legs going like <laughs> One of the judges puts up a six and everyone in the pub goes, no! No! Our synchronized swimmers are definitely like, an eight! And they smash the pool tables up because of it doesn't, it's not the same, is it? No, it's so. definitely not the same. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, uh, there's 23 other ones. You can listen to them now if, you, if you've got nothing else to do. I mean, I don't know what your itinerary is really at the moment. But if you haven't listened to the others, then there's yeah 23 of them they're all like half an hour i bet they whiz by how much is that is that like half a day have you got half a day if you're stuck in a broken lift at the moment or something then you know knock yourself out i'd say not knock yourself out although that would be a way to pass the time wouldn't it just being unconscious or something okay so for the remainder of people that are still listening to this we'll be back in two weeks where we talk about the final yama which is a perigraha And what does that mean? All will be revealed in two weeks. See you later.